got in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, shout I got it. If you can stand up all over the building, the way that we honor the word of God is by standing here at this house. It doesn't make us any different or better than anybody else, but if you can, honor the word of the Lord. The Bible said the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God shall forever stand. And man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Amen. All right. Second Corinthians chapter six. Everybody should have it by now. If you got it, shout, I got it. All right. Verse 11, 12, and 13 reads like this. Paul speaking to the Corinthians. Oh, Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open and you are not restricted by us. Somebody shout, I'm not restricted. Somebody shout, I'm not restricted. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now, in return for the same, I speak as to children. You also be open. Somebody shout, be open. I want to spend today and I want to spend a little bit of next week talking about the limitless life. Would you find three people and say the limitless life? Limitless life. The limitless life. The limitless life. Limitless life. I'm gonna say something that that only takes faith. It, 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 only the people that's got enough faith to believe that God can do this in their lives is gonna give God a praise on this. But but I'm gonna say this, and if this resonates with your spirit, I want you to give God a praise. Uh, you have the possibility to do everything that God has spoken into your life. Amen. You've got the capability. Only if you believe that you have the capability to do everything that God has spoken into your life. If you believe that, give God a praise. Amen? All right. So, Father, in Jesus' name, God, as we prepare for the word and we prepare our hearts for the ground, Lord, I pray that you would send an anointing that makes preaching easy, an anointing that makes teaching the gospel even easier. Father, I pray today that the head and the heart both are touched by your presence and by your spirit. And, God, this day, as you have given us our daily bread, I do pray, Lord, that you would make receiving the word of God be on your forefront of heaven's mind. Because communication is not communication if we don't receive what is being communicated. So, God, in this season, God, we defer to the hearer so that we can be doers and not just hearers only. And I give you the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated in God's presence. Smile at somebody. Tell them it's just church. Tell them it's all good. It's just church. It's just church. No biggie. Just church. Somebody shout, it's just church. It's just church. Uh, the um, w- one thing that God has taught us, and we, how many of you were at Vision Wednesday? How many of you came out this Wednesday? Were you blessed by the Vision Wednesday? Amen. If you were not at Vision Wednesday, you want to make sure you get an opportunity to take a look at it. Uh, uh, It'll be uh, up kind of in closed circuit just for partners only here in a couple of days. And if you want to see where God is moving the house, I would behoove you. It would behoove you. And I beseech you that you would take a look at it and, uh, and find yourself in the vision of this house. Amen. 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 Uh, and with that being said, there has been a recommitment to preaching uh, in a manner that institutes and speaks to the person that God has called us to walk into be. 
It's not just about speaking to your pain only and not just about uh, helping you be delivered from things that God has already delivered you from, but take up a whole lot of our church time. Amen. But, but really to speak to the man or to the woman that God has challenged you to be. In a way, in an interesting way, this was really the ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus always was attempting to speak to the person that he created. He was always attempting to speak. He said, before I formed you in my mother's womb, I, create, I knew you or I created you. And I had thoughts about you and I had concepts about you and I had ideas about you. So whenever Jesus shows up, he's always speaking to that person, not the person you've become. Not the person that life and pain and struggle and frustration has birthed you out to be. He's always speaking to that person that he created because he wants to put his blessing, his anointing, his power behind that person. And anything that gets in the way, he's willing to do battle with because the enemy tries to come and stand between what God beckons and, what God, and, and what's supposed to respond to God. The enemy tries to get in the way, so he's giving you power to rebuke the devil to get him out of your way. He, he has to deliver us from places where we have become complacent or okay that the devil has bondaged us in. So God comes and frees us from that, and we call that deliverance. But the issue is not about God defeating the devil, and it is not about him punishing the devil. It is not about him, uh, uh, about the, the spiritual warfare as much as it is about a Savior who simply wants his word to come to pass in this earth. And he, when he speaks a word to your life, he is committed to bringing it to pass. That is fundamental and a period at the end of your walk with Jesus Christ. If God said it, he is faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. The issue is not, is Jesus faithful, but are you faithful? The issue is not, is God faithful, but are you faithful to what God promised you and spoke over your life? And if you are faithful, if we are faithful to what God has spoken over our lives, we can live what I have called a limitless life. Somebody shout limitless life. A limitless life doesn't mean a life with no parameters. I'm not saying a life with no rules or a life with no parameters. When I talk about a limitless life, I'm speaking about the kind of life that Jesus talked about when he said that I came to give you life and to give you that life more. Help me preach. He says that abundant life. I came to give you life and that life more abundantly. He says that the life that I gave you, there should be some joy in the life I gave you. There should be some victories in the life I gave you. There should be some moments where you help people and you feel good about helping people in the life I gave you. In the life I gave you, the only person that should be frustrated and mad with the life I spoke over your life is the devil and people that are willing to agree with him. So, so the abundant life, somebody shout abundant life. So a part of my goal in life has to be to live an abundant life. 
I have to, it has to be to live a life where I'm overflowed with the things of God, where there's overflow of peace and overflow of joy and overflow of hope and overflow of power and overflow of access and overflow of opportunities and overflow. And you've got to see that you are always operating and moving in overflow even when you feel like you're limited because God gave you access to the overflowing power of heaven, which gives you access to a limitless life. Somebody shout, I don't have limits. Say that, say that loud. Say, I don't have limits. Everything that God told you. Now, let me tell you what you will be limited in. You will be limited in trying to live my best life. Amen. There are going to be some limits if you try to live the TV person's best life. You know, you, you're not going to, because there are secrets and keys that go in the doors of our lives that you don't have access to. And there will be limits if you're trying to be the next instead of trying to be the first you. So when it comes to being you, there are no limits. Somebody shout no limits. Somebody shout no limits. There are no limits when it comes to being you, and this is powerful. So I want to talk to you today about three aspects of living, three ways to live, three things that you have to express in your life if you're going to have a limitless life. Somebody shout limitless life. Now, now listen, because I know what happens. What happens is we say, Pastor, I, I hear that you're talking about limitless life, and I hear that you're saying that I can walk in the power of God, but you haven't been through my life. You haven't been through the doors that I've tried to walk through. You haven't had the people shut the doors in your face like they've shut them in my face, and I no longer believe that I can have a limitless life. I came today to speak to that devil that is in your ear and tell him to loose and let you go because what has to happen in the body of Christ is we need to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying again instead of hearing what our experiences are saying. We listen too much about our experience. They said you can't, so you say I can't. God said you can. So now you've got a decision to make. Are you going to believe your experience or are you going to believe the God of your experiences? All right, so, so today I want to talk to people that's ready to shift their mind and ready to put their mind in a place that says that I'm going to be in tune to the word of God from here on out. That I'm going to rededicate myself to speaking about myself the way God speaks about me. Speaking about my life the way God speaks about my life. Speaking about my business the way God speaks about my business. Watch this. And when people come against what God has said about your business, that should be the right cue for you to understand that perhaps they are not the ones for you in this season in this season in this season I want you to talk less and listen more I, I just prophesied to somebody talk less and listen more this is your season to talk less and to listen more what are people saying about your dream what are people saying about what God is going to do in your life what is people saying about what God can do in your body or in your marriage? And if they're not saying what God has spoken to you, that is your cue that they should not be in your space in this season of your life. Because the Bible says, somebody shout the Bible says. The Bible says to do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And if you read that in the context of which is read, which is in this chapter, he ain't talking about marriage. It can be broadly applied to marriage, but he's not talking about marriage when he says that. He's talking about people that refuse to believe equally at the same level of which you believe what God has spoken over your life. And there are some people that are going to heaven that don't believe the best in you. 
God help me in this place. There are people that are going to heaven that don't believe your business can do what God said it can do. That don't believe that your healing can be as sufficient as God said it can be. And to that, God is saying, don't be yoked to nobody that don't believe like you. He said, because watch this. It's easier to pull people down than to believe them up. All right, so I got three ways of living that I want you to write down. The three ways of living that I want you to write down is going to revolutionize your heart, revolutionize your mind, and revolutionize your life. If only if you're interested in walking in a limitless, somebody shout limitless, in a limitless life. And maybe I'll give you this caveat first, is I don't care what stage of life you're in, you can operate in a limitless capacity. Is that God has given us an anointing for every season and every stage of our lives. The things that you can do at, at 19, you can't do at 70. However, that doesn't mean there isn't purpose in the season God has placed you. Right. Amen. 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 A 16-year-old shouldn't have to work a full-time job. Their, their season should be focused on educating and filling themselves and character development, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And neither should an 81-year-old. They shouldn't have to be working a full-time job, but their season should be filled with wisdom and sharing and enjoying the latter parts of their journey. There is always purpose in every season of your life. Somebody shout limitless life. All right, here's the first thing that I want you to jot down uh, to help you live a limitless life. Number one is living beyond yourself. Say that after me. Live beyond yourself. Y'all didn't say that. Say that again. Live beyond yourself. Y'all like, Pastor, you got me writing. You got me talking. You actually want me to learn something today, huh? I actually do. I don't want you to dance yourself out of certain miracles. There are certain times where it's time for us to rejoice and time for us to dance, and there are other times where it's time for us to listen to what God is trying to tell us. Amen? Yeah. All right? Somebody shout, living beyond yourself. Living beyond yourself. See, uh, sometimes you are your problem. Sometimes you are your biggest issue. Sometimes you are the barrier to what God is trying to do in your life. Sometimes you, somebody shout, me. Sometimes it's not the man. Sometimes it's not a devil. Sometimes it's not a hater. Sometimes it's not somebody that want to be you. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes it is you. It is your behavior patterns. It is the way you think about yourself. It is what you have accepted as your life. And sometimes you can become the barrier to everything that God is trying to do in your world. And what happens in our world is experience starts to become a teacher to us. Where when experience becomes a greater teacher than the Holy Spirit in our lives, then we start to limit ourselves in the expectation of our lives. This is the way God operates because you can have had a grand miracle take place in your life, but, but we have been led to believe that God is as big as the last miracle he's done in our lives. God is only as big as the last breakthrough he's done in our lives. God is as big as the last time he set us free or the last time he healed us. And if you've got that thought process in your head that God is as big as the biggest thing he's done in your life, then you're already living a limited life. Because God is bigger than the biggest thing he's done in your life. God, help me in this place. God is big. I don't care if he's took you out of stage four cancer. He's bigger than that miracle. I don't care if he brought you back from, from bankruptcy and brokenness. He's bigger than that miracle. God is bigger than the miracle you're limiting him to. And what happens is when we have lesser things that happen from the big thing, we tell God, we tell each other rather, that I, he's done it in my life before. I know he'll do it again. 
And yeah, he has done bigger than what you're asking him for, but you should be asking him for bigger than what he's done before. God, help me in this place. You should be asking for bigger than he's done before. God, if you can heal me from cancer, you can make me a million-dollar business every year. God, if you can heal me from this sickness, you can also bring my marriage back together again. God, if you can deliver me from that, you can do big. Y'all are not talking back to me in here. You serve a God that is bigger than the last big thing he's done in your life. And if he's limited to the big thing he's done in your life, then you have put a limit on God. And you'll become your problem. Somebody shout, I don't want to be the problem. And you got to live beyond your experiences. So whatever my experience is, I have to start to exercise the faith that God is bigger than my experiences. And God is bigger than my, 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 my journey with him. And, and uh, I think Henry Ford, who uh, created the you know, Ford Motors, and he was one of the uh, original uh, creators of what we see as our modern-day car, Henry Ford said that the world was built to develop our character, end quote. He understood something about walking with God and about living uh, beyond your limits is that in this world, the world was created to build character. He says that God put everything as an obstacle in front of us so that our character can be built. And if we only live in the limits of our experiences, then we will only have limited character development. And what happens with the church is that we only, we only speak toward a deliverance and never toward a prophet. Okay. We, all we want is a deliverance, but we don't want a prophet. And God is into profit. By profit, I'm not just talking about money at the end of the month. I'm talking about God is involved and he is interested in you having more than what you started with. He said, even if you have to lose for a season, God is interested in you having more than what you started with. More wisdom, more economics, more cachet, more network, more, more, more character. God is interested in us having more. So life itself, somebody shout my life. Your life is one big character development journey as it comes to God. The next big miracle you have in your life is going to be bigger than the level of your character. And this is where God operates when he, when, this, when he talks about living beyond yourself. When I speak about living beyond yourself and the idea that life is about character development, you have to now separate what the church has taught us versus what God has taught us. Because the church has had us major in behavior and God has had us major in character. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is a difference between behavior and character. See, we, 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 we teach to do the right behaviors so you don't have children until you get married. But we don't teach character. That's why we don't work every day for them after we have babies. Because, oh God, help me in this place. Because character is different than behavior. You can have good behavior but have poor character. And God has always been interested in developing your character more than he has been interested in developing good behaviors. Because good behaviors are about culture. Good character is about Christ and God. And in one culture, it's a taboo behavior. In another culture, it's perfectly acceptable. But character follows every culture, every time, every Every season, there is not a culture in this world where working every day is seen as a bad thing. 
There is not a culture in this world where telling the truth regularly is seen as a bad thing. There is not a culture. Are y'all hearing what I'm trying to tell you? Is that we have taught behavior and majored on behavior when God majors on culture. If you look at the fruits of the spirit, he talks about things like long-suffering. He talks about patience, self-control. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Those are not behaviors. Those are character traits. So the spirit of God is not interested in getting you to wear the right size dress or getting you to wear a nice suit because all of that will be determined by your culture. He is getting you to develop your character. And when God gets good character, he won't have to worry about behavior because there is a behavior that follows good character. Somebody shout my character. Somebody shout my character. Behavior is us working on you. Behavior is society telling you what normal is and what correct is and what right is. Character is you and God working on who you are. And this is what God is trying to get us to understand as it relates to character. Is that if you are going to develop the God kind of character that allows you to walk in limitless capabilities, it is going to have to be a hard hat and lunch pail experience between you and yourself. Self. God, I wish I was preaching to somebody in here. Touch your neighbor real quick and tell them you've got to do the work. You've got to do the work. If you are going to live beyond you, then you are going to have to do some work on you. Work on your mindset. Work on your self-control. Work on your mouth. Work on your behavior patterns. Work on your skill set. Work on your public offering to the world. If you are going to live a limitless life, this is not about what everybody else is doing to you. It's about what you are doing to you. Somebody shout, God, expand me. What have you been reading lately? Oh, I wish I was preaching to somebody that's ready to expand. I don't, I don't want to know what you're watching on TV. What have you been reading lately? Who have you been listening to lately? What has been in your ear to expand? You say you want to go into real estate? What real estate books are you looking at? You want to be an attorney? What law books are you looking at? You want to be a chef? What cooking books are you looking at? You want to be a speaker? What speaking books are you looking at? If you want to use what God gave you to bless God and bless this world you have to expand you I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen somebody shout expand yourself come on limit a limitless life limitless life somebody shout limitless life here's the second thing the second thing that I want you to see is I want you to to write this down live vulnerably somebody shout living vulnerable Say that again. Say live vulnerable. You have to live vulnerable. Now, vulnerability is a scary word, especially for us men in this room. Especially if you male in this room. If, you, if, you, if you're male, if you're cool with being a male, if you were born a male, it, there is a tent inside of us that makes us afraid of vulnerability. And being afraid is exactly what being vulnerable is, okay, okay, by definition, vulnerability means susceptible to harm, so we become susceptible to harm, so what I'm telling you is to live in a way that makes you susceptible to harm, live in a way that makes you susceptible to harm, pastor, that doesn't make sense, why would I live in a way that makes me susceptible to harm, uh, because 
when you are susceptible to harm, it forces you into a level of faith and trust that extends beyond yourself. Are you hearing what I'm trying to help you understand? Is that there can be no dynamic growth in the comfort of the, the cages that you've made for yourself. There can be no dynamic growth in God. There can be no dynamic growth in your personal life. There can be no dynamic growth in your natural life, in your relationships, if you don't put yourself in harm's way. By harm's way, you have to put yourself out in front where you can be rejected, where you can be talked about, where you can be laughed at, where you can be pushed to the side, where somebody can say, I don't want what it is that you're offering, even when you've offered your best. Vulnerability makes you, makes you make yourself susceptible to all of these particular criticisms. But, the, but, but the, the challenge with these criticisms is that your gift set is oftentimes set right behind these criticisms. And you live with the capacity of what God can do in your life, but you won't go play to the world because you don't want to walk through the criticisms that the world will bring you when they finally expo be exposed to what God has, has, has you to do. So we never write the book because I don't want to hear people talk crazy about me writing the book. So we never go ahead and produce what God told us to produce because I don't want to hear anybody saying that, well, this is not that. And so we never, so we are paralyzed because we are addicted to applause instead of committed to the cause that God has put inside of our spirit. Am I talking to anybody in here? So once you can free yourself from people's approval, uh-huh. Uh, that's the next deliverance that the church needs to have is the church has to be freed from people's approval over the way they do what God told them to do in this earth. Am I preaching to anybody in here? Somebody shout live vulnerable. Yeah, you got to live vulnerable and vulnerable forces things out of men that men don't like to give because vulnerable. What, see, here's the dynamic that makes it vulnerability interesting for men is that when we talk about making yourself susceptible to harm, the very spiritual DNA of a man is to protect, which is to keep people from harm. So now I want to keep you from harm and keep myself from harm because as a man that exercises a part of my masculinity. And then my preacher comes and says, you've got to be vulnerable, which means that to some degree, I am saying you've got to take the shield that protects you and pull the shield down so that you can be susceptible to whatever may come your direction. Most brothers say, I'm not for that, pastor. I mean, for that. I'm not for that. Is that I've got to be the man and I've got to be cool all the time and I've got to be straight all the time. And I tell the truth, but tell the truth and vulnerability are two different things is that you should always tell the truth and just because you told the truth don't mean you've been vulnerable vulnerability is the truth behind the truth y'all you hearing what I'm saying vulnerability see the truth says I did it that's what the truth says vulnerability said I did it because uh, all right, all right. Uh, hey, no, 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 no. See, some of y'all already went to blaming somebody else. I did it because. See, there, watch this now. Is that there is no vulnerability if it is not attached to the possibility of being criticized and, watch this, shame. Somebody shout shame. 
and thus there is a possibility to being shamed. Shame is being open to embarrassment or being made to feel or have felt like you are wrong in a scenario. Shame makes you feel like you're wrong. Shame either points out that you're wrong or it'll make you feel like you're wrong. That's why the Bible calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. Is that you don't necessarily have to have done anything bad, but he will accuse you and try to make you feel like you have done something bad. That's why the Bible says that Jesus came and that he has destroyed the power of sin and shame. Because he says not only are you freed from it, you don't have to feel like you're wrong about it anymore. Boy, I'm preaching better than y'all say, saying amen. See, see, some reasons why we never step out of ourselves is because we don't want to be shamed about it. Is that if you shame me, then I will be ashamed of me. If you make me feel like I'm wrong about it, now I feel embarrassed that I even tried to do it. So vulnerability is not just saying that I did it. It's the truth behind the truth. So I did it. But if I can be honest in a moment, I did it because when I was 13, somebody touched me in a place where they should not have touched me. And now I've been living out the rest of my life to prove that I'm a man. So instead of just dealing with my issue, I knocked down as many conquests as I can knock down so that I can feel like I'm a man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is not my position. Don't y'all go to Instagram talking about pastor got touched when he was 15. That is not, that is an example. Somebody shout example. That is an example. But it is an example that is truer than you would ever think, dream, or imagine. You have no idea. It's the truth behind the truth. Don't just tell me the truth. It's time to get vulnerable. It's time to get vulnerable. And when there is vulnerability, you are not locked into mediocrity. Because where there is no vulnerability, we engineer mediocrity. Where there is no vulnerability, we engineer mediocrity. You will never take the big swing if you feel shamed about having a strike or feel ashamed and that you'll never take the big swing again. And this is what God is trying to get us to understand when we talk about living uh, vulnerably is that your life becomes a freer life when you can get all of the stuff that's in there out on the table and you force your family and your friends and the world to deal with you the way you are. And if you can't deal with me, then don't hang with me. If I can't tell you the truth, then don't come around here. If you can't handle me, then just stop at this stage and this altar. But if you come into my domain, I've got to be able to exercise my brokenness. I have to be able to exercise my hurt. i got to be able to talk about my past. Y'all are not talking back to me. And if you still with me at the end, then we've got real relationship. That's why God says, come unto me, all you that love and I will give you rest I will give you rest somebody shout vulnerability somebody shout vulnerability we actually are begging each other to be more vulnerable we actually are asking one another to be more vulnerable and vulnerability oftentimes is a test in your relationships because it is not just you testing them it's you testing yourself about whether you trust who you got on your shoulder y'all are not talking back to me God help me in this place. It, can you handle what I'm about to tell you right now? Because you know, and if you've got, and if you're really honest, you said it before you put a ring on it. 
you didn't, you didn't incarcerate them with information. You didn't incarcerate them and then give them information <laughs> that now they locked into for the next. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are, are you, amen. Uh, sisters, just go back and forth as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, will you marry me, baby? Before I put my finger through that thing, I want you to know I'm crazy. I, 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 I'm not all the way settled. I, if I don't take my medicine, I, 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 are you sure? Are you sure? I want to say yes, baby, but every now and then. Are you here? <laughs> Are you, hearing, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Somebody shout vulnerability. Somebody shout vulnerability. Vulnerability frees you and you don't have to carry so many secrets that night. Vulnerability frees you and you don't have to get gray hair before it's time. Vulnerability frees you and you don't have to exercise all of the ways that we show the world that we're having problems. And we can tell you're having problems because this ain't you. You're exercising and expressing parts of who you are that are never really who you are. They are just a way for you to express what you don't want to be vulnerable about. And I'm grateful to God. Somebody shout, I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful to God that he can handle everything about you. God can handle everything about you. Somebody shout, God can handle everything. He can handle everything. And somebody that's close to you can handle most of you. Somebody shout, most of it. I didn't say you're vulnerable meant to tell everything. Vulnerable means, vulnerable means that I'll peel back the layers and you can find. And you know the most interesting thing? is that you have never been more susceptible to hurt than when you have chosen to love. When you have chosen to love, because what choosing to love means is that I'm not going to peel back the layers of the onion on my terms. I'm going to let you do it on your terms. What real love says is that when we go through stuff together, a new layer will be pulled back. When we deal with things together, a new layer will come back. And you'll be vulnerable in a marriage and not even realize that layers are being pulled back. But life takes you through experiences because, as Henry Ford reminded us, is that life is about building character. Life will take you and, li and life will just start peeling back layers. You really are afraid of this. You really don't believe this about yourself. You really don't see what you see about. You say it, but you don't believe it. You do it, but that ain't who you are. And it just keeps peeling back. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you in this place? If you can become vulnerable, I'm telling you, you can not only find the best in you, you will find the best in everything that is around you. There are things around you and in you that are waiting to come out to this world that cannot come out until you're vulnerable enough enough to release them to come out and you don't really know who you are because you won't let the world see who you are so God can't get the glory he wants to get out of your life because you're so locked in to protecting something that the world needs to hear in order to be set free so you don't know who you are Somebody, and, and what happens now, and I don't want to spend too much time on vulnerability, but what happens now is that we judge what we don't understand. So people cannot be vulnerable because they're afraid of the judgment that we will give when we don't understand what it is that they have gone through. And that judgment brings with it shame. And that shame brings with it being ashamed. And when you are ashamed and when you have felt shame, you'll never be vulnerable. And here's what we've got to do is we got to Drop the judgment about how you got here. Okay, we've got to drop the judgment about how we got here and deal with the fact that we are here now. 
you're here, I'm here. Let's talk about it. Let's work through it. Let's be vulnerable before. And you have not seen your best self until you have released yourself from the prison of anti-socialism that you have put yourself behind. Socialization that you have put yourself behind. And we are anti-social because I don't want to be shamed about what I've been through. Am I talking to anybody in here? Is there anybody else in here that's standing behind the wall, looking out at the world, saying, I wish I could participate. I really want to walk in my best, but I don't want them to know about what I am because if they found out, they'd make me feel bad. If they find out, they'd pull my collar from me. If they found out, they wouldn't let me lead prayer. If they found out, they wouldn't give me the job. If they found out, they'd tell me that I can't be a part of the clique. If they found out, so I hide behind the wall and they never really deal with me and it's hard not to be me because what? I'm real good at is being me so now you made me not be me in front in front of you and as soon as they do find out who you are Jesus. they make decisions on you and you'll be like they was fake anyway no they weren't fake you were fake and they couldn't make a decision about whether they wanted to be around you or not because they didn't know you Somebody shout living vulnerable. Say that again. Say living vulnerable. The third thing that I want you to, I want you to put down is living excellently. Somebody shout live excellent. Say that loud. Say live excellent. We're talking about the limitless life. Somebody shout live excellent. Excellence, excellence means live extre- excellent means extremely good or outstanding. Let me tell you what I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about when I say excellent living, I'm not saying you got to be rich. I'm not saying that you got to drive Bentleys and that's what excellence is all about. That's not what it is. By excellence, that means you've got to have a standard and live by that standard. There has to be a standard that you've got. There has to be a value system that operates inside of each person in this room that, that that God can hold you accountable to. Your value system can never shift up and down. can never shift down. It can only shift up. And you have to be honorable to the system and the way that God created you. And he places these values. And the quicker you come into contact about what matters in your world, my family matters, humor matters, my ability to to honor God matters, my ability to be authentic matters. Whatever your value system is, you have to hold the standard for the journey of your life. Somebody shall hold the standard. Say that again. Say hold the standard. You have to hold the standard for the journey of your life. Remember, character and behaviors do not go together. You do not have behaviors and then build character. You have character and then you put behaviors around your character. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? This is why this is this, this will help somebody because excellence is not about how sharp your dress is. Excellence is not about how how dope your suit is. Excellence is not about how you present and how you walk into a room if it is not backed foundationally by the character that has shaped it. If it's not backed by the character that shaped it. So now character becomes important for you to live excellently. 
for you to live excellently. There are certain things that operate in my standard. And some of them are very practical. And others of them are very mystical and spiritual. But what is your God standard? What is your standard? There are certain ways that I will never express my anger. Because it is my God standard that I'm trying to hold. There are certain ways that I'll never do, do individuals. No matter what they do to me. I will never do it back to them because I have a standard of where, of how low I am willing to go or, or not go. There is a standard that is developed by my character, but I also have daily standards. I don't like to walk past trash like it's not on the ground. Y'all are not talking back to me in here. I don't like to come out the house without combing my hair. Uh, amen, amen. That's just that's a Terrell standard. It is clear that that's not everybody's standard. But I'm just saying, that. that but that's my standard. What are your standards? How do you view excellence? There has to be something you look at your babies and say, we don't do that in this house. You ever heard that before? I know, I know in my house. That was, that's, it, it was always, pre- always uh, proceeded by in this house, you know. Uh, we don't talk like that in this house. You, you go tell all your friends downstairs. What am I hearing? Did I hear? You go downstairs. Terrell, come upstairs, upstairs, upstairs. Did I, did, what kind of music am I hearing downstairs? What kind of language are y'all using? You go and tell all them. We don't talk like that in this house. What is your house standing on? What is your house? I'm not. What is your natural house standing on? What is your spiritual house standing on? What is the level of standards that are operating in your home and in your business and in your family? Where is the level that you can put a demand? And if you place a demand on a standard level, everything that approaches you will have to come up to that level, or it's got to exceed that level, or it has to leave you alone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. That means, sisters, you don't have time to make a man. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting amen. Jesus is the only one that says you can miss my standard and I'll pull you up to my standard by my blood. Let Jesus do the saving. Amen. Uh, uh, You tell them to refer to number one and get themselves together. Before they show up in your world. Am I preaching? Am I helping anybody? Somebody shout living a limitless life. I want you to see Paul said, Paul said that we're not your restriction. You're restricting yourself. That's what he said. He said we're not your restriction. You are restricting yourselves. Why? You have to keep reading. I stopped reading because, because, because I didn't want to, I didn't have to, we got to move today's service. I stopped reading. But he said, he tells why, why, why. He said, because I don't want you to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Just keep reading down. Understand, this is not the context of being married. He's talking about living a faithful, a Christian life, a life that's abundant, a life that blesses God. And he's saying that you cannot do that trying to save everybody. You can work for me. Uh, we're going to train you on the job. Nah, you, no, you kind of got to have this skill. Can't train. Mm-mm. There are some jobs you need to come with the skill. Amen. Are you, are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? 
Oh, we're going to teach them and we're going to try. No, 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 no. We can't do that. You know, we can't do that. See, we try. It's a wonderful thing. See, you got to see, uh, help you understand the philosophy of what we do here at the City of Hope is that we train preachers to preach. Elder Renita does an amazing job training preachers to preach at the church. And, and, and oftentimes they feel and they want to preach on Sundays. But, but we give them moments and times where they can work and develop their gift that are not on Sundays because this ain't practice. I know you want to see your cousin them, and I know you want to see the person you love, but this ain't practice. While you're still in training, this is not practice. To come up here, you got to have your paper. And there are certain jobs in your life where they need to show up with their papers. You're not, y'all, y'all are not talking back of me. Uh, I, what If I brought a first-year uh, Bible MIT here and let them start preaching you and pouring in spiritual wisdom and intellect in you, you guys would be like, where's the pastor? What in the world is he doing? He got this young guy up on stage. He only been preaching for six months, and he's giving the word every Sunday. You'd be like, pastor, why is he practicing on me? We do the same thing in our lives is that we bring people that are not really qualified that, to come into our lives and elevate our journey, but we give them access. We give them access. We give them access to be wisdom and access to be my man or my woman, access to be my spouse, access. Instead of saying, look, there are some things that you have to already have in place before you get to this level. You can't be learning how to talk to a man in a... Like you can't, don't call me with, no, 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 If you don't already know how to talk to a brother, then you need to go figure it out before you come back here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Somebody shout excellent living. What is your standard of excellence? The Bible says that in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. That word Logos means the expressed thought of God. What does Logos mean? Expression of thought. Dig into Logos is where they get the word, uh, where, where we get the word logic. Logic is the base understanding of any moment in any situation. In other words, he's saying that in the beginning was God's logic. And God's logic was with God and God's logic was God. He is logical to all of the problems that are in the world. Jesus was just logical. And logic is the base understanding of any situation, which also means that Logos means standard. It means the base standard. It means the measuring stick for everything that will come. So in the beginning was the measuring stick. And the measuring stick was with God. And the measuring stick was God. Jesus is the measuring stick. He is the way, the, the thing that everything good will be measured by. He is the standard. If God has standards, you and I have to have standards. How do you measure who's going to work with your company? How do you measure who's going to be in your ministry? How do you measure who's going to be in relationship with you? How do you measure who's going to be your friendship circle? Somebody shout excellence. And according to that measurement, you can, you can establish your own excellence. Amen? 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 And there can be a limitless life. You can have a limitless life. Somebody shout, I'm ready for my limitless life. I'm ready for my limitless life, my life where I reach everything that God laid out before me and listen to me. It is possible and it doesn't take God a long time to turn your life around in Jesus' name. If that blessed you today, I want you to give God a hand praise and stand to your feet because I want to pray with you real quick. I want to pray for you. I want to pray. Did that bless anybody in the balcony? Were y'all blessed up there? God bless you. Amen. Amen. I want you to grab your neighbor's hand. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray. 
We're going to pray. And while we're praying, brothers, will you bring the communion table out? We can walk and chew gum at the same time here. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> because we're going to move ourselves into, into our communion. But first, I want to pray. I want to pray. Because in order to live a limitless life, you have to take the limits off of your thinking. And you have to let this mind be in you, which was also 